Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Ron Kaminer. Dr. Kaminer practices laser, aesthetic, and comprehensive dentistry in Hewlett and Oceanside, New York. He has lectured nationally and internationally on topics relating to lasers and minimally invasive dentistry. Along with Dr. James Jesse, he co-founded the Masters of Laser Dentistry Laser Training Continuum and trains hundreds of dentists annually on the use of lasers in their practices. Also of note, the sound for the Steve Martin movie Novocaine was shot in his office. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. We're here with Dr. Ron Kaminer, who is going to be discussing minimally invasive dentistry. How are you today, Dr. Kaminer? I'm doing great. Great. Well, we're happy to have you here, and I'm sure our audience looks forward to what they can learn from you today. Super. The topic of minimally invasive dentistry is one that's extremely exciting right now and very prevalent in all aspects of dentistry, as well as all the periodicals that you see coming out. It's incumbent upon us as dentists today to be not only highly techno-advanced, but also extremely knowledgeable in all aspects of minimally invasive dentistry. Our patients today are very smart, smarter than they were many, many years ago, and that's because media and technology have educated them about dentistry. Our patients are living longer, and because of that, we have to practice dentistry differently than we have over the past 20 or 25 years. We have to save teeth for longer periods of time, and by doing smaller preparations, earlier diagnosis, and using different technologies and materials, we're able to preserve teeth for longer periods of time than ever before. One of the things that we have to understand is that we need to relearn some of the concepts that were taught to us in dental school. Have you ever wondered uh, why a patient would come into the office and have a mouthful of cavities? And then you treat the cavities, or what I call fixing the holes, and they come back six months or a year later, and they have a mouthful of holes all over again. And we fix those as well, and it's an ongoing process. Or patients coming into the office and saying to you, my teeth have been bad all my life. My mom had bad teeth, and my dad had bad teeth, and I have bad teeth. Or we do beautiful aesthetic dentistry, and we work our hardest to get the dentistry done to perfection, taking x-rays, making sure everything looks 100% only to find that three years later a patient decays out under a crown. Up until today, we have not had the technology or even the knowledge to know why these things happen. So we're going to try to relearn a few concepts here today to help us understand some of these processes, and everything will begin now to make sense. First of all, we need to understand that caries is an infectious process going on in the mouth. So people that have a mouthful of cavities, or holes as I call them, have bacteria in the mouth that other people just don't have, or the termites that live in the mouth. Those termites, that bacteria, which is strep mutans and lactobacillus, eat away at teeth, and they reside in the saliva as well as on the tooth surface. In order for us to create mouths that are healthy, we need to go ahead and eliminate the bacteria from the saliva and from the biofilm on the teeth or convert that bacteria to good bacteria so the further destruction of tooth structure will not occur. Today there are many products, techniques, and processes out there to assist us in doing those things. But most importantly, the patient has to follow a very strict protocol in order to convert the bugs. 
Remember, it took them many years to get to a point of having these bugs in their mouth. This process is not going to be changed or eliminated in a month or two months. It may take up to a year or a year and a half or two years of re-educating our patients and going through different medicaments in order to get them healthy. But it seems with today's technology out there that we can win the war on caries and prevent these patients from coming back into our office with holes every six months or every year. Once we're able to diagnose things early and then control the caries process, then we're able to win the war and create mouths that are healthy. Even in situations that patients come in with caries that are smaller in nature, we're able to fix those today with beautiful aesthetic materials and create long-lasting restorations as opposed to fillings like many of us had when we were younger where we had large amalgams in our mouth. And we know those amalgams have helped destroy teeth because teeth with unsupported tooth structure and large fillings will fracture. So if we can diagnose early and fill them with aesthetic bonded restorative materials, we can then preserve teeth for longer periods of time and win the war of caries and have our patients keep their teeth for a lifetime. Now you talked about different medicaments you can use to convert the bugs or get rid of the bugs. So which medicaments are you recommending? Well, today the the technology is ever-changing, but it seems today that xylitol is a key component in controlling the bugs in the saliva, and there are numerous products out there that have a large amount of xylitol. As a matter of fact, the technology originated in Australia and New Zealand, where where they've been really ahead of the curve in treating caries. But anything with large amounts of xylitol, things like trident white chewing gum, that has a product called Recaldent inside, all assist us in lowering the level of bacteria and lowering the bugs. A very quick trick that we can do and teach our patients to do is actually go to an art store and buy a big pack of litmus paper and have the patient expectorate some saliva into a cup and test the saliva with litmus paper. Acidic saliva is home to caries and the carious bacteria. So if we can go ahead and monitor that over time and they can test that over time, then you can begin to see, hopefully begin to see, the bacteria in the mouth disappear and the saliva shift from an acidic saliva to one that's more neutral or basic because normal healthy saliva will have a pH around 6.9 or 7, which is fairly neutral, whereas a mouth that has um, a tremendous amount of cavities in it will have a pH somewhere around 5.0 or 4.9. So if we can monitor that over time and have our patients monitor that, that not only gives them a concrete marker for their improvement and motivation, but it also allows us to document that we're heading into the right direction and helping them win the war against caries. And how much xylitol does a patient need to be exposed to on a daily basis to make that happen? It seems at this point that six grams of xylitol is ideal. So there are many products out there that have candies or gums with one and a half grams of xylitol inside. So if they're chewing four pieces of that gum or four candies a day, then they're going to get the right amount of xylitol to help uh, help win the war. Okay. 
And they have mouthwashes as well and toothpaste even. Absolutely. There are toothpastes on the market out there that have a tremendous amount of xylitol. And the trick is that a lot of toothpastes out there say xylitol, but actually the effective amount on many of these is so small. So you have to be you have to look at the ingredients and make sure that xylitol is one of the first few ingredients on that list that you know you have an effective amount in there to assist you in getting the mouth to a healthy state. Great. Now you talked about early diagnosis as well. So what are some pointers for our audience to to help in early diagnosing? Well, again, there's a tremendous amount of research out there that tells us that our dental explorers are not totally accurate in diagnosing early caries. So many, as a matter of fact, the number is scary. It seems that the dental explorer is only accurate about 25% of the time. Wow. That means three out of four times we are leaving decay in patients' mouths and three other four times we're doing them a disservice. So we need to, to use fluorescent technology, radiographs. There are lasers out there today that help us diagnose caries to, that are much more sensitive than our traditional explorers, and the combination of everything allows us to get the mouth to a healthy state. And in situations where there is someone who you believe is going to be susceptible to caries, we need to place sealants on teeth and use fluoridated products, but fluoridated products will only work once we've controlled the saliva and the bacteria. And the analogy is, um, and this is the mistake dentists have made through the years, what we realize now is that just by placing fluoride on a tooth, if we don't control the saliva, it's like protecting the fort, but not doing anything about the army on the outside, and eventually Mm -hmm. the army's going to overtake the fort. Right. Now, I've heard some clinicians worry that removing all of the carious material is overly aggressive that maybe it's okay to leave some carious material intact because you're going to seal over the top of it. What's your opinion on that? Well, it's a, it's a very interesting question, and I think that it's kind of a double-edged question. In our society, we live in a very litigious society. Mm-hmm. And the fact and today, the, the point of leaving some carriers in the mouth has become much more prevalent in Europe, where if we can place some sort of a fluoridated material over it, or even in Europe today, they're using ozone therapy, which is just being released now in the U.S., to help treat caries and leaving caries alone. Patients are responding pretty well, but in our litigious society, the standard of care still is removing the caries. So as of this point in this country, until we can get some education and research out there, you still have to remove the caries. Um, Otherwise, you subject yourself to potential legal issues. Right. And at any rate, your seal is only as good as your product. So depending on and the environment you're working in. So if you didn't get a great seal, then you can't control the environment of that carries, even though it's underneath the restoration. Absolutely. The, the exciting the exciting component that's going to that's what we're heading into is ozone therapy. And that's where dentistry is really going to start to change if, in fact, it takes a seat here in the U.S., and all they're doing there is exposing the carriers to ozone, leaving it alone, not sealing anything, and the bacteria is just dying away. And that's going to—that's really one of the exciting forefronts today in dentistry. And there really are a lot of things you can provide your patients with. As you said, the knowledge about xylitol, if you do the ozone, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently it's going to be the new thing here. If it's in Europe, it'll get here. Um, and then also Dr. Haywood out of Medical College of Georgia says that carbamide peroxide will actually reduce the susceptibility of caries because it increases the pH in the mouth. 
There's, there's no question. Anything that's going to raise pH in the mouth is going to decrease the susceptibility of caries. And I think the what's fun about this right now is it is just evolving on a on a monthly or even a biannual type basis. And I can only tell you from the perspective of my practice that my patients has been so responsive, and they've and when they're educated on the caries process, and we try to educate them in basic terms, they're excited and they're willful participants in in winning the game. So you get good patient compliance when you take the time to educate. Absolutely, and they're they're excited about it. They really are. It's uh, it's it's interesting to see how how well they've taken into the process and owning of the problem, as we've always said. And they really do come up, once they understand, they really take ownership of the problem. And so far, the patient response has been outstanding. So minimally invasive dentistry doesn't just limit us to operative dentistry. Minimally invasive endodontics, minimally invasive periodontics, minimally invasive oral surgery are all aspects of dentistry today that are undergoing change. In regards to root canal, we are not instrumenting teeth like we did years ago. We are keeping preparations to a minimal, removing what's bad and being able to then to get irrigants down into the canal system and filling it with a resin sealer and resin uh, coated gutta percha. So then we are able to use a post material that's a, that's a fiber type post with resin as a core and we have teeth that are bonded and sealed from the apex up to the crown. So when we think about preserving teeth for longer periods of time and maintaining these teeth as strong as possible, it just makes sense that we have a tooth that is bonded from the apex uh, with a sealer that's sealing the apex and, um, and a post and core material that is just strong and bonded from, from, the core, from the crown straight down to the apex. So endodontics is another field when we talk about minimally invasive, it's really, really emerging and exciting as well. Periodics is another is another field. Surgery has now become a third tier option in order to re, to get our patients back to ideal periodontal health. We're using again medicaments as well as lasers to help kill bacteria in the mouth. Whereas years ago, we cleaned our patients' teeth and then sent them to the periodontist for surgery. Today, that option of the periodontist has really become a third line process. So minimally invasive dentistry is, uh, in all aspects of dentistry, has become very exciting. We are using procedures in oral surgery today in ways that not to cut large flaps in teeth, taking teeth out with newer instruments that allows for easy removal without having to do extensive, extensive uh, uh, cutting of the tissues in the mouth. So when we talk about minimally invasive dentistry, we really run the gamut from diagnosis to cariology to minimally invasive preparations in the root canal system, as well as minimally invasive treatment in periodontology and oral surgery as well. Great. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please call us at 800-268-9010.